Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book study. My name is Monica T, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. And today is Thursday, March 2nd, 2017. And today we are reading from the big book. We are in the chapter, Bill's Story. We will be reading on, we will start on page 11 with the fourth paragraph. Third par- fourth paragraph, had this power originated in him, three paragraphs will be read, the first for context, the last two for comments. And today's readers are the 12 steps, Marie J., the 12 traditions, Jody E.Q., and our text readers are Terry H., Lynn D., and Wendy M. The... Sh- the share ID for yesterday, Wednesday, March 1st, 2017, for the 7 a.m. meeting is 9672. 9672. For the 10 a.m. meeting yesterday, March 1st, the share ID is 9673. 9673. And the share ID for this morning, 7 o'clock meeting, March 2nd, is 9677. 9677. OA preamble. There's somebody unmuted. Please mute. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for membership for members. <laughs> we are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition stage, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that, People who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And I will now ask Marie J. to please read the 12 steps of OA for us. Thank you, Monica. This is Marie J. Good morning. I'm in Colorado and recovered. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. 
Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except if when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for, his, for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thanks. Thank you, Marie J. I will now ask Jody E.Q. to read the 12 Traditions of OA for us, please. Good morning. This is Jody E.Q., a recovered bulimic and compulsive overeater in California. The 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Jody E.Q. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature that we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinent requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinent requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the direction in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. And once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass 
then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. And we also ask for no speaker phones because it causes an echo. Today we resume our study of the big book. We are in the chapter Bill's story. We are on we are going to begin on page 11 with the fourth paragraph had this power originated in him. And three paragraphs will be read. And the first paragraph is for context only and comments will be taken on paragraphs two and three that are read. So we'll be ending on the top of page 12, his roots grasped a new soil. And I'm going to ask Terry H. if she will read for us, please. Thanks, Monica. My name is Terry H. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maine. Had this power originated in him? Obviously it had not. There had been no more power in him than there was in me at that, that minute. And this was none at all. That floored me. It began to look as though religious people were right after all. Here was something outworked in the human heart which had done the impossible. My ideas about miracles were drastically revised right then. Never mind the musty past. Here sat a miracle directly across the kitchen table. He shouted great tidings. I saw that my friend was much more than inwardly reorganized. He was on a different footing. His roots grasped a new soil. And uh, grateful to be here this morning, and uh, let me stop my timer. And um, there's two two lines that I'd like to just focus in on. Um, it's the first um, first paragraph where it says, here was something at work in human heart which had done the impossible. So everything, um, so Bill and Ebby are together, and, and Bill's seeing a shift in perception. And I always think about that line on page um, 25. It says, the great fact is just this and nothing else, that we had a deep and effective spiritual experience which has revolutioned our whole attitude towards life, towards our fellows, and towards God's universe. The central fact of our lives today is absolute certainty that our Creator has entered into our hearts and lives in a way which is indeed miraculous. He's commenced to accomplish those things for which we could never do by ourselves. And so this is what I look at Bill seeing in Ebby. You know, he's, he's seeing how many times that we go for the external sex for an internal problem. And now we see in every change in from the inside out, like his insides are matching his outsides. Um, the other one that I want to focus in on is uh, he, he was on different footing. He grasped a new soil. So that makes me think on page, um, top of page 63, it says, when we took such a, such a position, all sorts of remarkable things followed. We had a new employer. Being all-powerful, he provided what we needed if we kept close to him and performed his work well. Established on such footing, we became less and less interested in ourselves and our little plans and designs. More and more, we became interested in seeing what we could contribute to life. As we felt power flow in, as we enjoyed peace of mind, we discovered what we could face life successfully. We became conscious of its presence. We began to lose our fear of today, tomorrow, and the hereafter. We were reborn. So Bill is now seeing this in Ebby, his friend, and he's saying, if it can happen for Ebby, it can happen for me. So I look at this. This is the message of hope, and um, it's definitely here for anyone that wants it. So thanks for letting me share, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Terry H. And I'm now going to open this up, and we will take comments 
on the on this. But he did know ranting through to for I was hopeless. Okay, who would like to share? Elisa B. I think I heard an Elisa B. Is this correct? Elisa C. Can you hear me? Okay. Well, Elisa. Uh, Carlisa. Carlisa C. Carlisa. Marie J. Marie J. Lindy. Lindy. Who else would like to share? Okay, well, let's go with, this is what I've got. Did I miss anybody? I've got Carlisa, I think it was C, Maria J, Lynn D. Go ahead, Carlisa, you're up. Okay, thank you for your service. If you can't hear me precisely, I can call back on my other line. I'm speaking through, to you through my tablet on Skype. Is it the sound you're, okay? You're nice and clear. I'm nice and clear? Okay, great. Yes. Um, I just wanted to say, because I, I treasure this big book study group so much for the opportunity to listen and learn and to ask questions. And, uh, and I really, what's in the close reading of the big book is really letting me see some things about Mr. Bill, my soul brother, that I might not have seen the first time or the first thousand times of reading Bill's story. So Bill is drinking before <laughs> Evie comes. He's probably drinking. I'm pretty sure he's having pushed a glass toward Abby. He's probably drinking himself, feeling, you know, he doesn't have to you hold back with Abby. And he will drink after the meeting with Abby. I think that's what it's I think that's what it says on page thirteen. I'm sure I'll be corrected as we go there. And um but what happens in these pages is that he begins to see something and I'm so happy he took the time to just write his process out. He begins to see some some change in himself. I mean, excuse me, some change in his friend that God was doing for him, um, what he could not do for himself, and that Bill st- starts to see his prejudices and his biases and, you know, his defiance and his rebellion. And these are the feelings that he's expressing here. And the great giant of of the mo- and the most defiant and rebellious piece we're about to get to is that he knows that he he doesn't he thinks he's the higher power still his will is the right way and he has prejudices against god and so i what i'm in i am so glad to know that this man knew he could see his problem but it took him a long 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 time to start getting at the root of that problem and really tearing it apart, which is why I think his message continues to be so rich. This process is just that. It's a process. It's a journey. And um, so so thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Carlisa. And, And I just wanted to clarify, I was a little confusing earlier, that comments are being taken on paragraphs five and six on page 11. That floored me. Going through his roots, grasp a new soil. Okay, and with that, Marie J, you're up, and then it'll be Lindy. Thank you, Monica. <clears throat> this is Marie J, and I'm recovered in Colorado, and so grateful to share on this uh, particular paragraph. Um, and I'm going to talk about it began to look as though religious people were right after all. And especially here was something at work in a human heart, which had done the impossible. 
And um, I love the previous share that it took me a long, long, long time to get there. And my heart, what my heart was just totally shut down to God and religion. I had a huge resentment of the Catholic church that I grew up in. And I had gone into a different church that was more modern, more metaphysical, and was in it for many years. And I thought I was so open and I was so spiritual, but really I was so self-righteous. And I still carried that big, huge burden of, the, um, the, of resentment that uh, you know, was in my heart for the church I grew, grew up in. And I still gossiped about it. And I still bad-mouthed it, I criticized, I judged, and yet here I was in this uh, new church that was new age and, you know, thought I was so good. Um, and it really wasn't until I did my ninth step in vision that I was freed from, from that and I could have a relationship with God. I was freed from that resentment and I could have a relationship with God that was really enriching to my life and I could be completely abandoned and completely reliant reliant on that that, uh, power. And I did that amend to the Catholic Church and I had to go directly, I mean, I didn't have to, I chose to go directly to a priest and I was terrified and I was terrified to admit my slander and and my disparagement of, of the church and I committed to a living amend to respect what they, like all of us, are trying to do, you know, carry a message, a message of love and tolerance. And like all of us, churches are run by humans, and they have human frailties, and they make mistakes, and we all make mistakes. And having this level of freedom from my own um, self-derived victimization, it it was a huge part of my spiritual transformation. And I created those thoughts and those resentments of the church. And I also could choose to think differently. And I was only preventing myself from having a relationship with God. And uh, in choosing that terrifying ninth step, I chose freedom and I chose connection and I chose transformation and I chose um, spiritual awakening. And each time I make those choices, I get more peace and the need to medicate with food goes away because I don't have to feel those feelings anymore because those feelings are removed. And I really encourage anyone struggling with this topic, reach out to me. I love to talk about this transformation and the peace that has come by being able to let go of those self-defeating and and self-derived thoughts. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Marie J. And Lynn D., it's your turn. Hi, this is Lynn D. Can you hear me, Monica? I sure can. Great. Well, the sentences I love are, um, I saw that my friend was much more than inwardly reorganized. He was on a different footing. His roots grasped a new soil. How can you argue with that? I, I just can't argue with it. That This is a transformation of somebody that was very much the real alcoholic. And for me, a real compulsive overeater, when I went to a meeting, I saw a person that had been transformed. I didn't know them beforehand, but I tell you, listening to their story, I couldn't argue that they didn't know what they were talking about because they were inwardly 
reorganized. They were completely different than what they had described themselves as being. And um, they got my attention. So I, I just listened so intently to this one lady that I remember uh, 20 odd years later, I still remember her story. I remember what she said. I remember how I felt. Um, you know, what did I have by myself? I had misery, complete desperation and defeat. And that's the place I needed to be in order to really hear this. And it made, it made such an impact on me. Uh, to know that these people know a way out of this and that they're like me. I, I'm going to do what they, they say. I want, I want what they have. Um, there just was no question um, that their experience is what really got my attention. And then I remember reading this book and thinking, wow, could I, is it possible I could have what these people have, the solution? Um, I, I'm going to try because I sure want it. And I'm just so very grateful that I was at a point where I could hear it. I could hear the message. I could hear the truth. Because I, I would imagine years earlier, I would not have been able to. I didn't witness thought I had that big of a problem. But, oh, I sure did. So anyway, with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Lindy. And would anyone else like to share on paragraphs 5 and 6 on page 11? Hi, this is Carol Kay. I'll take a share if I can. Carol Kay, all right. Anybody else? Deborah P. Uh, Deborah P. And I think I heard a Stephanie. Stephanie? You need to speak up. I can't hear. Please? Stephanie? Was it Stephanie M? Yes. Stephanie Good. M. All right. Okay. Leslie W? Uh, say that again, please. Leslie W. Leslie. Okay. Leslie W. All right. I've got Carol K, Stephanie, I think it's N, Deborah P, and Leslie W. Carol K, you're up. Go ahead, please. Hi, thank you for letting me do service today. Carol Kay from New Jersey. Um, I love this one sentence here. I, I love them all, but I love this one sentence. Never mind the musty past. Here sat a miracle directly across the kitchen table, you know? And, and yeah, I have a very musty past. And, you know, before I came into this program, you know, I didn't know, I didn't, I didn't know recovery. I didn't know anything about it. It was just a diet, the whole diet thing. And, you know, nothing ever changed. Nothing ever changed except for my body weight. My attitude stayed the same. Everything else stayed the same. And this sentence here tells me that all the promises that are in this book have come true. It's so promising that, you know, there must be passed, but yet he has a miracle directly across the table from me. Ebby's, Ebby's recovered. You know, it's, it's, and that's, that's what took place for me. You know, I said, let me give this a shot because I have nowhere else to go. So I'm, I'm going to read through this book and see what happens. And that miracle did take place for me. I mean, here I am married 34 years, 33 years of my life. I was miserable. The last year of my life, I'm so happily married. That's a miracle right there. I never expected this. I came in here thinking, you know, all right, last hope. I need to lose some weight. And not only is the weight coming off, not coming off as fast as I'd like it, but you know what? I don't run the show anymore. God runs the show. 
I turn my will and my entire life over to the care of God. He runs it. Things are going to happen on his time, and I accept that acceptance is the answer to all my problems for today. And so, but a miracle does lie within me today. My relationship with my seven kids is great. My relationship with my family that hasn't talked to me in years is great. This is a promise right here. It's the, it's, this whole book is full of promises. And uh, I'm just so grateful. I'm so grateful for this program. I'm so grateful that I'm living and breathing these 12 steps for today because I know that I'm only recovered for today. I'll, I'll, I'll be recovered as long as I stay close to my higher power and I live these 12 steps, not 11 steps, the 12. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Carol Kay. And Stephanie, is it N like Nancy or M is in Mike? Yes, it is. Stephanie N, N like Nancy. Thank, Thank you. you. Sorry, I think I was on speaker when I announced myself before. I apologize for that. Um, this is Stephanie in Recovered in Kansas. And the part that jumped out to me was, here was something at work in a human heart which had done the impossible. My ideas about miracles were drastically revised right then. And it was true that when I allowed God into my human heart, the impossible did happen. I'd been clinging to resentments and just character defects that I really liked. I didn't necessarily want to have the certain character defects, but I was so comfortable with them that I didn't really want to let them go. I couldn't imagine, well, how will I act? How will I live without those things? And when I was willing to change, um, I would ask myself, you know, Am I willing to change? Every day I would ask myself that question. Am I willing to change? And I wanted to be out of the food. I wanted the symptoms to be gone, of course, but was I really inwardly willing to change? And I had to get to that point where, yes, I wanted recovery more than I wanted those character defects that felt comfortable and more than I wanted the food. I wanted to be recovered completely I not only physically but emotionally and spiritually and I had to get to that point where I could let God in and be the person that um, I was meant to be and to let go of all of those defects and all of those things that felt comfortable um, that were keeping me cut off from my higher power and that were keeping me cut off from my family and my friends and society um, and that isolation that I felt comfortable in and it truly was a miracle my my ideas of miracles are completely different now um it's it's just amazing and also as a sponsor when i hear that happen in my sponsees when i hear them talking and i realize oh my gosh it's happening it's it's they're you know inwardly it's happening they're the spiritual awakening it is the most amazing and miraculous thing to be part of and and with that I pass. Thank you so much. Thank you, Stephanie N and Deborah P. It's your turn and then it'll be Leslie W. Hi, this is Deborah P. Um I'm I'm new to all to all this, so um bear with me here. But I I have been through the steps before, but I've never I'm new to OA and I'm for the first time reading through this book, so it's all I'm familiar with the steps, but I'm not familiar with the story. So, um, and I love that everyone's meeting early in the morning and talking about this kind of stuff, and I get to hear everybody's um, views on this. 
So, yeah, so I was struck from the very beginning when it said, well, he got religion. You know, that seemed to be the turning point. Um, And then here it says, it began to look as though religious people were right after all. And I wanted to know, like, what exactly was it that, you know, switched him around. So I I did some research and I found, I I bought a book on the Oxford group and I bought a book, like all the books that a lot of this came from. Um, and I, I'm just very encouraged today to hear everybody's thoughts and views because I'm, you know, I'm having, um, just a, a faith, uh, Christ, faith crisis, crisis kind of, so it's very, very helpful, um, to hear about the miracles that are happening in people's lives. And I know, I know that power is there and, um, and I and I know that this program works. And um, anyways, I'm just I'm just uh, I'm just starting out. So thank you very much. Thank you, Deborah P. Welcome and keep listening. And Leslie Leslie W. It's now your turn. Leslie, star one to unmute. Can't hear you, Leslie. Are you there? Leslie? Okay. I'm going to open this back up and maybe she'll come back. And maybe my ears weren't working so well. So who else would like to share on paragraphs five and six on page 11? Penny C. Penny. John K. John K. Sherry KB. Say that again, please. Sherry KB. Sherry KB. And I think I heard someone else. Roberta L. Roberta. Did I hear another man? Okay. This is what I've got. I've got Penny C, John K, Sherry KB, and Roberta L. Penny, it's your turn. Okay, thank you. I don't have a time, Monica, so... I'm sure you'll help me um, if I go over. Um, Penny C. Recovered Compulsive Overeater from the Boston area. These two paragraphs, what a description of miracles. Amazing. And um, it's it's quite interesting that uh, just a half hour before this meeting came on, I had a call from a, a person I sponsored years ago, but because she's out on the West Coast and the time was difficult, you know, we, we remained in touch. But um, I hadn't heard from her for a while. And this morning she called, and what she wanted to tell me was all the miracles that have happened in her family in the past couple of months. And, you know, and, and, and all going back to um, trusting in God, practicing living in the steps and and knowing that God plans results that I can't even imagine and um so it's just just wonderful i like this sentence in particular that says um he has set a miracle directly across the kitchen table and i'm reminded of all the miracles that i encounter every every single day 
right now I'm laid up with the with the broken leg. Um, not not good to do. But I am having the opportunity to listen to many meetings. This is my third hour of a vision for you today. And I hear one miracle after another. And when I'm able to go to my face to face meetings, I can I can, you know, see the miracles and uh, just amazing uh what this program can do um, for others and what it's done for me. Oh, my gosh. I was hopeless. Um, that's my other phone. I'm sorry. I'm going to have to hang up. I'm waiting for a, a call from the doctor. So thank you for letting me share. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Penny C. Okay. John K., you're up, and then it'll be Sherry K.B. John K, star one to unmute, please. We can't hear you. I swear I thought I was unmuted. Um, (laughs) John Kierman, compulsive overeater from Los Angeles. Um, You know, it's funny. This I always wonder: is this the first twelve-step call, or was Bill going to Dr. Bob the first twelve-step call? But in any event, this is sort of your prototype for it. I know when I came into my first program, at at one point I became they actually sort of gave lessons in how to do a 12-step call on somebody who's suffering. And one of the things they always talked about was you stick to telling your story. You stick to talking about what it was like, you know, what happened and what you're like now. And I think that it makes all the difference in the world. That's why we, we carry the message and, we, you know, it's about attraction rather than promotion because, you know, it, it, it's it's – if you have an addict's kind of personality, the last thing you need, you've had a lifetime of people shaking their finger at you, telling you what you should do, saying things like, oh, you, you look so nice, if only you lost weight, all these other things. Oh, why don't you just eat less? Wow, what a what a, a phenomenal idea. I don't know why I never thought that. But the point is, is that AA figured this revolutionary way of passing it on that didn't exist until then, you know? One of my favorite pieces of literature is an AA pamphlet called The Member's Eye View of Alcoholics Anonymous. And it's a wonderful pamphlet because it it is written by somebody who is explaining the program to non-program people. It's essentially everything that's in the big book, but said in sort of modern language. And um, what he's, and he's, he's explaining this program to people who are going to be helping with substance abuse. And one of the things he says is more important than what, you know, Bill said to Bob or Eddie said to Bill was who was saying it, you know, because everybody who's tried to help them in the past have been, quote, superior beings, you know, spouses, parents, husbands, physicians, etc. cetera. Uh, and there was an implicit idea of, of, you know, I'm trying to help you. Here's what you should do. But when Ebby comes in, Ebby says, here's what happened to me. Here's what worked for me, not shaking a finger. And to me, I think it makes all the difference. I know for me, I'm a very oppositional type of person. If somebody had grabbed me and said, hey, you need to go to Overeaters Anonymous, I would have told them to go to hell, you know. And and even today, I, you know, when people say, you know, how do you handle uh, 12-step stuff, uh, you know, I'm very, very uh, light on the touch. You know, I, I always joke that if I meet somebody who's really tremendously overweight, I'll see if I can find a way to slip in. I used to weigh 100 pounds more, and I've been keeping it off for, for a couple of decades now. 
And I know when I was 100 pounds more and somebody would say something like that, uh, I would want to know how they did it, you know. And uh, so I call that sort of fly fishing for new members. And uh, I think that's part of the key. I mean, we learned it. This is the first example of how to try and help another another addict uh, by just sharing your experience that has strength and hope. And I think it's a, a wonderful uh, model to help us all in the future. So with that, I pass. Thank you, John K. Sherry KB, it's your turn, and then it'll be Roberta L. Good morning. This is Sherry KB. Good morning, Monica. Good morning, everybody. Um, uh, Sherry KB and uh, recovered in California. Um, there's a couple of things that jump out at me. Um, I, I love this thing about there was something at work in a human heart which had done the impossible. Um, to me, it's it's showing, you know, if we look back, you know, Bill and Abby had been on a jag a couple of pages ago, and they were pretty rip-roaring drunk. And, and here he calls them a crackpot. He says that he, on page 9, he says he alco- has alcoholic insanity. Um, and here he was sober. And he's seeing this man who he's known all his life um, change dramatically. And he's not only seeing it physically because he looks well, he's bright-eyed, but inwardly. And he sees an inward change in Evie. And um, I think that is what speaks to, to most of us. And to, I know it speaks to me. is like when I physically see somebody change. But I think what's more attractive is seeing their attitude and their outlook that, that has changed. And I, I know that for me, um, I had been in this program. I'd lost the weight. And I can remember thinking I thought I had arrived. I thought that now I was going to be okay. But there was, there was nothing had changed yet inwardly because I wasn't working the steps. Um, I didn't connect with a power greater than myself. Um, I, I thought, you know, if I lost the weight, everything would be fine in my life. And once I got the abstinence, I had the, the, the physical craving down, but the mental obsession was still there. And I think when we go through these steps, we are inwardly changed, and we do... Um, we do change in our heart, and I think that's what they mean by based on attraction rather than promotion. Um, also, um, inwardly reorganized. Um, for me, that meant, for me personally, I used to put God on the back burner, and I put Sherry in the front burner. I was on self-will run riot. And where I've been reorganized is I wake up every morning asking God, what do you want me to do with this day? How can I be useful to you and to others? Um, that's a very different person than I have been in the past. So I know that I've been inwardly reorganized. And um, and just planted, when I think of footing, you know, I think of being on solid ground. I think I feel of being grounded with a power greater than myself, that my higher power is running the show and not Sherry. And just that my roots are, you know, I'm in new soil, which I think means I'm in I'm in my higher powers care. And with that I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sherry K B and Robert, Roberta L. It's your turn. Hi, this is Roberta L. I'm a great to recover reader from Los Angeles. And I'm really this is my first time sharing. I'm really grateful for this new meeting on the West Coast time. And uh, I've been recovered for 15 years. I've been in program for 37 years. 
like several things about this. First of all, he shouted great tidings. What a joyful He had the hope. He had the recovery. He shouted great tidings. I saw that my friend was much more than inwardly reorganized. He was on a different footing. His roots grasped a new soil. You know, I think of the different kinds of soil there are. Roberta, Roberta, we're, you're fading in and out. Can can you get closer oh, to the phone or something? Now you're nice and clear. Oh, really? Okay. Good. Thank you. I'm sorry. Um, his, roots, his roots rest in the soil. I think of a soil that really has a lot of fertilizer in it and is very rich and, you know, not some of the sandy soil that the roots kind of here or there, hit or miss. And those, that new soil are the principles of our program. You know, he's, he's, ex, he's accepted the honesty, the faith, the courage, the acceptance, the gratitude that we have in program. And on the next page, it talks about, you know, taking away our, um, well, Bill calls them sins on the next page, but our character defects root and branch. And the roots are the strong thing. You know, the roots are the things that were formed when we were younger. And he can see that Ebby now has new roots. They're deeper. They're looking at the principles of the program rather than the selfishness and the dishonesty that my old roots were. At least I found that for myself. And I know that I am a miracle because for 22 years in this program, I struggled. And it wasn't until I saw that I needed a higher power when he says religious people are right. I tried to go the religious route, but it's the spiritual route, grasping a higher power that is exactly what I need to get me out of this disease thinking, He has just taken away my obsession, and with that, I will pass. Thank you so much, Roberta L. And who else would like to share on paragraphs 5 and 6 on page 11? Jeannie F. Who do you are? Jeannie, wait a minute. Jeannie F. Hoodie, gotcha. Barbara N. Barbara. One more? Okay, we'll go with this. Jeannie S., Hoodie R., and Barbara N. Jeannie, it's your turn. Go ahead, please. Hi, this is Jeannie S., um, compulsive overeater. I have a question, actually. I did ask it the last hour, but I didn't really, I, I'm not sure I asked it in a way that, uh, clear enough. So I'm going to try again. I, it's the part where it says that he saw that he was more than, in, more than inwardly reorganized, that his roots grasped. New soil, and I understand the last part of that. This is Jeannie. This is not the time that we take questions. I'm sorry. Oh, you don't take questions on this hour? Not at this hour, no. But oh, um, I'm so sorry. I didn't know that. I've only been on the phone a couple times. I'm sorry. Uh, On this hour. That's okay. Okay, thank Um, you. Somebody, uh, give me your phone number real quick, and I will call you afterwards. 
Okay, it's area code 775-772-8040, and it, I'm on Eastern Time, even though that's not an Eastern cell. All right, I will call you. All right, thank, thank you, you very much. Hoodie R, would you please? Hi, Monica, this is Hoodie R from Israel. Am I being heard? Yes, you are. Okay, thank you so much. Um, I'm Hadi I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. And, um, you know, here I just wanted to basically claim my seat. Um, here we are in Bill's story and um, where I get to identify. And, I'm, you know, thanks to this vision for you for, you know, helping me to be able to put my story into um, into a, a format and really come to the taking of um, step one. Um, here I see, um, you know, it began to look as though religious people were right after all. Here was something at work in a human heart which had done the impossible. And I, I see that, you know, you know, here Bill is starting to set aside all his old fixed ideas that weren't working um, and beginning to trust that, you know, there's something, something else that um, maybe may work to help him to um, to because um, here across the table, here is a miracle. Here is Ebby who had such a um, you know a history of alcoholism, and here he is sober, and um, he does not look the same. And um, here in today's step one, I had to come to that. I had to be open. I had to come to that honest honesty with myself and be open and say, you know. Um, you know, this is not working for me. My life is not is not working according to my self will. Whenever I try to do to to manage my life, I just lay flat flat in the back, and I'm back where I started before. And um, and here, you know, so and now here, I am on different footing. My roots are grasped in new soil. My life today is definitely not of what was in the past. I am more, I am more comfortable on my own thing. I could go anywhere where people, you know, I could just. Um, I'm doing things today in my marriage, in my relationships with other people, um, has greatly improved. Um, I uh, my communication, my um, my living life, my accepting other people exactly where they're at. And not no need to change other people, um, and just to you know, I'm just growing all my old ideas that didn't work. I was able to move forward and just trust the process that these steps, these twelve steps, those simple in nature, they work and they help me to take away from that religious point of view that I thought I was always religious and doing things by ha- habit. But today it's on a more spiritual level, and um, today it is a new life, and I'm happy with that. I'm I'm so happy. I'm abstinent, and I and I and I'm and I'm grateful and happy for that stability. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Hoodie R. Barbara N. It's your turn. Good morning, everyone. Monica, thank you so much for your service. And thank you, everyone, for your beautiful um, shares this morning. This is Barbara N., recovered in New York. Um, So, uh, you know, this is just so amazing to me, this, you know, uh, this story, which is really about um, 
first of all, being desperate, being desperate, which and being totally out of ideas. <clears throat> and then uh, being in a position where, you know, somebody comes into your life and, you know, it's the program of attraction in action. I mean, this is what this whole story is about to me, and I certainly can relate to it. Um, I was totally out of ideas. I had, uh, I really believe that that, that things can't happen for you, at least that's the way it was for me, unless you're in this, you know, as Bill was, you know, he had pretty much given up. You know, it's kind of ironic that you have to give up before you get help. You know, people usually think, you know, I just have to try harder. I just have to try something else. But for me, um, you know, I was out of ideas. I decided that I had to go um, to an inpatient program. Uh, I left my home for seven weeks. You know, in the back of my mind, I kept thinking, isn't this too drastic? But I, I, I had no other ideas. And honestly, I, I, I thought I had a strong spirituality. Um, I wasn't like Bill in that way. Um, I, in fact, when I when I got there, they wanted me, you know, to go to twelve step meetings as part of the program, and I was very resistant to it. I kept saying, "This is not my spiritual path." In fact, I was an interfaith minister, and my own spiritual path was very um, eclectic but it certainly didn't include the 12 steps. And, you know, so I, I went to the meetings because I had no choice. <clears throat> and honestly, I sat in the back. I didn't participate. I just couldn't wait till it was over. I was only there because they made me go. I kept saying, you know, this isn't for me. This isn't for me. And then, you know, one day, you know, up up there at the podium, this person was um, was qualifying and she was just, she had this light in her eyes. And she had this story that was so incredible to me about, you know, where she had been and, and how she recovered through this program. And I just, I just lit up all of a sudden. I just, there was, I didn't, I was no longer debating, you know, is this for me? Is this past for me? Is, you know, should I or shouldn't I do it? Or, you know, why are they making me go to this? I, I Time. Okay. Um, just to wrap it up, you know, she became my sponsor. She was my Ebby. And, you know, that was what got me recovered. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Barbara Ann. And let's see here. we got five minutes, so we can take two people for a couple of minutes each. Who else would like to share? This is Leslie W. Leslie W. Go ahead, Natasha. Okay, go ahead, Leslie. Hey, thank you so much for your service. I'm sorry about earlier. I must have gotten kicked off. Um, This is Leslie W. Recovered in Tennessee. And I really love the part that said, um, uh, let's see, uh, here, here's got a miracle. Um, you know, I, I think that for me, I didn't really believe that being re, being recovered or, or having that obsession removed was quote unquote a miracle. Um, 
And I think that the reason why I had difficulties working this program from the beginning was the fact that I didn't see myself as a, you know, rock bottom gutter drunk. Um, I, my perception was really distorted. And not only did I think that I not really believe that that miracle could happen for me, but I really didn't think it was a miracle because I thought, I thought to myself, well, this is just, this is just my problem. Um, I'm a weak willed person when it comes to food and I just need to get it together. And that's how I operated. And every day was was white knuckling, even 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 after coming into program seven years ago. Every day was white knuckling and filled with shame and calorie counting and uh, obsessiveness with with you know how much how much can I eat here? Well, if I don't eat a lot here, then then I can make up for it later here. Um, it, it was just. It was just a constant agony and misery, and I will say today that that God has has worked a miracle in my life, and He has shown me that He does care. He does care about the food that I eat and and how I take care of my body, and I am so grateful to. I'm I'm glad that I found vision because. Um, it was the place that encouraged me to really dive in and dig in to, to the 12 steps. Um, and it gave me the hope that one can actually recover and the miracle can happen. And it has. And so thank you. And I pass. Thank you, Leslie W. And Natasha H. We only have, you only have two minutes. Go for it. Okay. Thank you. Hi, this is Natasha H., um, compulsive overeater in San Diego. And this paragraph I liked, it began to look as though religious people were right after all. And here, um, it it doesn't mean for me that he's accepting like everything that comes with a religion, but something about, you know, their, you know, workings and beliefs were right. And I, and I like that, that openness. I mean, that, you know, he's, has no other options except for to to see this miracle sitting above him and he's or across from him and he's like just um setting aside you know what all of his old beliefs and i think that's miraculous you know it's hap- it's a miracle in ebby right there and then it's also a miracle in bill that's happening he's like this rearrangement of ideas in his mind this this you know spiritual experience he's having before he even quits drinking before like for me, before I even put down the food, it's like I see, you know, I get to see this miracle in other people, and I know that that something, that something we're, you know, regarding God is right, and I don't have that, and I desperately need that, and I feel like Bill desperately needed that and wanted that, and um, when he sees that he was on a new footing, a different footing, his roots grasped a new sto- soil. When I go through the work, it's like it's it tells me like the foundation of his life had been recreated. And I get that. Like, I want to, I need to be recreated. And he gets to see that across from him and it lights a fire, you know, that is needed to, to, to get into recovery. So um, with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Natasha H. That was perfect. Two minutes. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Okay. It's time for us to close the meeting.
Thank you to everyone who has shared. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And Lynn D., could you read for us, please, from one from a vision for you? Sure. This is Lynn D. from Colorado. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.